Today's message is entitled Dreams and Interpretation. Dreams and Interpretation from Genesis 37 verses 1 through 11. Genesis 37, 1 through 11. So today I want to talk about uh, dreams and visions uh, and their interpretation how to interpret them, how to, uh, what are some of the things you can look for? What are the importance? What are their importance? Um, how they apply to us in the family business, um, in terms of our service, uh, what do they do for us? Why are they advantageous or beneficial? Here's what's important. And I want you to be clear on this. Many people say you can't know the future, um, but the truth is, the reality is that God is the only one who gives glimpses of the future and he does it through dreams and visions. Listen to this. God is always had prophets in his kingdom and prophets were always available to be foretelling, to be foretelling, to, to give a message that would give insight into someone's future. While God does not disclose everything to us, he does give us glimpses. Ah, he gives us small windows or peaks into uh, the future realm. He doesn't share a lot, but he does allow us to see into the future. Now watch this. By using things we've seen and experienced in our past. Watch this now. God will use things that we have seen and experienced in our past to give us a glimpse of what is yet to come in the future. Now, by that, I mean God does not necessarily show you uh, joy is walking across the street at 2 p.m. on next Thursday. He's not showing the uh, cinema perspective uh, of the video type future. But what he does is he gives us glimpses of the future through messages, through events and experiences and scenarios that help us understand what is to come. Are you tracking? So we don't necessarily see the future in like real time. We do get glimpses or heads up into the future. Very accurate, by the way. The Bible is, is filled with prophecies that are accurate, messages that are accurate. You're going to learn a lot here today about how that works. But while he does use the past, our past experiences and things that we've seen, don't confuse, watch this now, don't confuse the future with your past. I got to explain that. 
when God uses things that we've seen or experienced already to tell us a message about the future, don't mix your future up with the past elements that he's using just to help you understand how the future is going to unfold. Are you tracking? What do I mean by that? By dream, When you dream, most of the time you dream, when you have a dream, you dream about something that you saw earlier that day or you somebody you saw or some experience you had. It's usually retroactive in terms of the items in which you see. But the message, listen, is future. So don't confuse the future message with the past items that are telling the message. Oh God, if I had time, I'd help you understand how visiting your past can either help you or trap you. Sometimes you go back to the past to visit the past, to try to learn from the past, and that may be good as long as you understand how the past impacts your future. But if you're going back to the past to fix the past so the past can stay the past, that's not going to work. That's when you get trapped. So sometimes people say, I just need closure. I just need closure. And they go back and they got closure and they stayed. No, you didn't go get closure. You forgot where you were going. You were going this way. Now you're going that way. And we try to keep people saying, no, don't go back there. Don't be, I, I'm strong enough. I'm no, 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 no. Don't play with that. So what I'm saying is be careful when you understand the dreams use past elements to tell a story about your future. Are you tracking? So today we want to study how that happens and what are some of the things you should look for. You should prepare to take pictures of these things on the screen today. You should be able to take some notes or whatever because uh, you're going to get a lot of information. But let's take a look at the passage of scripture uh, uh, that I want us to look at. Today, I want us to take a look at the scripture um, and we'll read that. So let's go into that. <clears throat> Genesis 37, 1 through 11 says, Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel, as Jacob, the father, loved Joseph more than all his sons. Watch this now. Because he was the son of his old age. In other words, he loved Joseph because he had Joseph when he was old and he shouldn't have. And he made him a very colored tunic or he made him a coat of many colors. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. And so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream 
And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. Notice now, this is the dream. Remember what I just taught you. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? So notice they're trying to interpret it. So they hated him even more. That's a lot of hates. Hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream. Oh Lord. And related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I have had still another dream, and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father, meaning he told his father, and to his brothers, and his father rebuke, rebuke, rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. In other words, he honored the saying and he honored the dream. So let me unpack this just a little bit. Let me give you some context about what's happening here. Joseph was living in a land, he was a strange land of Canaan. So he was there, he wasn't doing anything really spiritual. I mean, they weren't, you know, uh, having worship and all of these types of things. Joseph was 17. He was basically a dad having his family. Uh, the boys would go out in the fields, gather up sheaves, you know, work in the pasture. And Joseph was 17. Joseph was only 17, but Joseph was hated even as a teenager because he was his dad's favorite. Ah, watch this now. So Joseph was somebody special in the eyes of his dad. He was a favorite because he was born during Jacob's old age. And so Jacob created him a coat of many colors, but he didn't create all the other brothers coats of many colors. And that was a problem. Watch this now. Why does that matter? Because I'm going to help you see and understand that there are particular people. Watch this now who have dreams and visions. Ah, God doesn't just give dreams and glimpses into the future to anyone and anybody, but there is something particular and unique about Joseph, which is the reason why God selected him to be able to tell these stories. Now watch this. God saw that Joseph was special I want you to see the same thing that God saw. Ah, daddy saw. Jacob saw. His father knew that Joseph was special and something was unique. And he invested in him differently than he did with the other boys because he knew that there was something particular 
particular, ah, God, about Joseph that stood out from the rest of the brothers. Ah, watch this now. God is not speaking in revelation to every Christian with this type of specificity in terms of messaging into the future. Ah, watch this. The brothers knew this and hated him uh, because they couldn't be him. Watch this now. And they, the Bible said, they couldn't even have a healthy conversation with Joseph. The Bible in the, in, in the Hebrew says they couldn't even have conversations of peace. They couldn't even greet him in, in peace and be like, good morning, Joseph. They hated him that much because these three reasons. Number one, he was loved more by his father. Number two, we saw that he hated him more. The text said he, they hated him the more. They hated him, number one, because dad loved him. They hated him even more because he had a dream, right? And then they hated him even more because of what the dream said. The dream said that he was going to rule or reign over them. So the other brothers got a triple slap. The first one was, daddy doesn't love us like he loves Joseph. And do you know that there are real sibling rivalries to this day over children who appear to have a special anointing or gifting or relationship with one of the parents don't necessarily get mad at the, the, the sibling or the parent. This may be a work of God that you might be mad at and you don't want to be mad at God. That's a sidebar. I got to keep going. Now note this, even though Joseph knew the brothers hated him, ah, God, even though Joseph knew the brothers hated him, he still told them the second dream he had as well. Do you understand? Even though he knew he was hated, he was obedient in sharing the dream because that's what God wanted him to do. So the second dream, watch this now. The first dream was about, he said, I saw my sheaves and the sheaves of wheat, a bundle of wheat. We gathered up the sheaves. He says, I wrecked it, my sheaf, and I saw all your sheaves bowing down to my sheaf. So the first vision was about uh, terrestrial, earthly things, right? And then the second one, he says, I saw the sun, the moon, and the stars, and you guys were bowing down to me up in the heavenly realm. So the first dream was about the sheaves. The second was uh, um, um, celestial. The, the first one was terrestrial. The second one was celestial. So what he was trying to say was, when I said, remember, your future is told by the things you've experienced in the past. What was, what did God use in the dream to tell the future message? He used the sheaves that they used in the work field. So the message was given by things both of them had experienced in the past, gathering sheaves and working in the field. God used those past references to be able to tell a future message about how they would bow down to him later on down the line. Now, watch this. Now, also the second part, the second dream said about the sun, the moon, and the stars. Well, where did they gather the sheaves? 
under the sun, under the moon, and under the stars. So again, watch this. I want you to understand this. The dream was telling a message from places and things and people he had already experienced. That's just like a parable. Do you know a parable in the New Testament tells, uses an earthly story to help you identify with the story to be able to tell a spiritual truth. So what a dream does is uses what you've experienced in your life to help you understand a future truth about where you are going. Are you tracking? So the father rebuked him when he told him, he said, are you telling me, son, that I'm going to bow down to you? Are you, are you telling me that? He rebuked him, meaning he, he tried to correct him. And he asked, was he really saying that? The brothers got mad. And basically, Joseph said, well, yeah, dad, that's what I'm saying. So even though the brothers got mad and envious, even though the father felt disrespected, he had enough God consciousness to know that the dream was legit. So the last verse said the father kept the saying in mind. In other words, he honored what his son had dreamed. And I, you know, later on, I, we won't go into it today, but the story goes on to talk about how the brothers then later on tried to kill Joseph, threw him in a pit, tried to say to the, to the dad, told the dad that he died, somebody, an animal ate him up, but they really threw him in a pit. The Egyptians came by, bought him from him. He went and would then serve Potiphar for years. That's when Potiphar's wife then tried to lie on him and say he raped her. And then Potiphar kicked him out, threw him in jail. Then he goes in jail, stays in jail, while the, the chef and the baker say, oh, we'll go tell the Pharaoh to get you out. They get out and they forget about him. So Joseph stays in prison all these years. And then later on down the line, there's a famine in the land. And guess what? The Pharaoh has a dream. And the only one who can interpret the dream is who? Joseph. So jo I'm trying to get you to see that what is happening now may have a future impact on where you stand. So pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to the dreams that you are having and the visions that you are having because God may be giving you glimpses into the future. Ah, God, if I, whew, I wish I could spend some time there. So Joseph does end up getting out of prison by interpreting the Pharaoh's dream. And guess who needs Joseph's help? Joseph becomes second in command and his brothers and his father, who he saw in the dream bowing down to him, end up coming to Egypt to get food and water and they have to bow down to Joseph because Joseph is now second in command to Pharaoh and so the dream that he saw years ago come to pass and his own family has to bow down out of respect for the dream he had when he was 17 years old. Oh my God, isn't that amazing? 
And so I'm trying to get you to see that while the brothers were mad and, and tried to kill him and, and all of this shenanigans, they ended up having to come back to him to say, can you give us some food? And they were afraid that Joseph was going to kill him. But Joseph said this. He said, what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. So even though you tried to kill me, I will not get revenge because I understand your attempts to kill me was a part of my process. And everything that happens to you between your poverty and your palace cannot stop the revelation that God has shown you. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Are you tracking? Are you still with me? So the dream was legit. And now that we understand what's going on in the text, let's break it down and see what we can take away from it to apply to our family business. Are you with me? All right. So let me show you this. Let's go to the first slide. Things to take note of. All right. So when you have a dream, take note, first of all, of the images in the dream and what they are doing. Your images, you want to pay attention to images. You want to pay attention to who's speaking and you want to pay attention to who's the audience. All right. I want you to understand you want to pay attention to the images you see. You want to pay attention to the speakers. Is anybody talking in the dream? And you want to say, who is the, the person talking to? Who is the audience? So you want to make sure, is God saying something to you? Or is God saying something to the people around you? Is it something that God wants you to learn? Or is it something God wants you to tell other people to learn? Are you tracking? So pay attention to the images in the dream and what they are doing. So as best you can, you have to practice recollection. Now, a lot of times it's hard to remember dreams, right? I guarantee you, if you can't remember it, it wasn't important. All right. So if you can't remember the dream, it's not a message that God was trying to get to you. So don't try to stir up old dreams that you can't, you know, you can't really get the particulars on the dreams that God is really giving you, man, you can remember them just like, just like yesterday. All right. So that's clear. The second thing I want you to note is the positioning of yourself and others. Where are you in the dream? Me and Joy do this a lot. We talk about dreams and we talk about what happened. And that's one of the questions I ask. I say, well, well, where were you? What, what were you doing? And, and then I say, well, was I in it? And then well, what was I doing? You know, because positioning is important. Pay attention to the dream in terms of the how, how you're positioned in it and how it relates to others. If you look at Joseph's dream, he talks about he was a sheaf that was erected and the other sheaves were bowing down to him. In other words, they were lower than him. So my point is, look at the images, look at the dream. And even though it might not be explicit in saying to you, 
well, you're going to be manager or CEO of this company if you understand the positioning of where you are and where others are, say you're like up on the top of the mountain and everybody else is down in the valley, that might be a sign, an indication that you will be in a position that is higher uh, than other. Did you see the movie with Will Smith and uh, in, in the robot? Uh, it's called I, uh, I, I Robot. Yeah, I Robot. Thank you, Joy. So I robot and he kept seeing the sketch. He kept having these dreams and he would sketch out the dream and the dream showed him on top of a mountain with all these people down at the bottom. So all I'm saying is pay attention to where the dream positions you. Where are you in the dream and where are others? Number three, pay attention. Are there any time references in the dream? Is there any reference to time? In other words, uh, does the dream happen tomorrow? Does God say uh, this is going to happen in 24 hours or three years from now? Let me make this clear. So in Joseph's uh, interpretation of the Pharaoh's dream, there was a clear indication that there would be seven years of famine. So that was a reference to time. So pay attention. Anytime you hear a number, anytime you see or reference a number in terms of time, take note of it. And why does that matter? Because if God gives you a time in the dream and that does not happen in the time frame, then that dream becomes false and it may not have come from God in the first place. So be clear if you heard any references to time. Now, in this particular dream of Joseph in Genesis 37, 1 through 11, there is no reference to time. So Joseph had no clue when he was going to be leader over them. All he knew was that it was going to happen. Why does that matter? Because... If you know something and you don't know when, it affects how you behave now. Uh, I'll say that again. If I know God is going to do something great, but I don't know when, I'm going to be on good behavior until it happens. Okay, let's do this. Let's say you know your mother's coming home at three o'clock. If you know she's coming at three, you cut up till 2.45. Then you clean everything up in 15 minutes because you know she's coming. But if you don't know when mama's coming back, you don't pull all everything out the closet. You don't do all this crazy stuff because you don't know when it's going down. Are you tracking? So if you don't have a reference from time, it is to affect your behavior in between the dream and when it happens. Ah, oh God, I hope you're tracking. Number, number, number four. Number four says, prepare. Number four says, prepare for no immediate actions. Prepare for no immediate actions. So you want to make sure that you are in a position to understand that this may not happen tomorrow. This may not happen overnight, but it shall come to pass. 
So many things could happen. Listen, what I want you to understand, many things could happen in between the time of the reality of the dream. Now, those things could make it appear, listen, listen to this carefully. Those things could make it appear that the dream is no longer valid. Because you're waiting, okay, well, five years done passed by, never mind, I done forgot about the dream, forget it, it ain't happening, right? Same thing with Abraham. God told Abraham, you're going to have a seed. Well, Sarah couldn't even get pregnant. So he was like, well, let me get Hagar to do it. He tried to make it happen on his own and he got in trouble. He had Ishmael and then he had Sarah had a baby and then Sarah's child and Hagar's child, the, the, the mothers got into an altercation. And so Abraham had to put one out. So he was trying to mess metal with what God had promised him because it was taking too long. In other words, it took Abraham 25 years before he had the child. So you have to live with this promise saying, God is going to give me a child and you got to live with 25 years of it not happening. Why? Ah, that's juicy. And that's what I want you. I want you to learn. I want you to understand that things happen in between that impact how you behave. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's go to number five. Number five is dream repetitions. Pay attention to dream repetitions. Have you had the dream before? Is this the first time you've seen it? Or have you not seen it before? So look at number Number five, it says then, it talks about this, the dream happened more than once. Notice, Joseph told the brothers the first dream about the sheaves, but he came back and told the second dream that involved the sun, the moon, and the stars. But here's the thing. Both the dreams had the same message, but they used different images. So you may be getting the same dream the same dream message, but different images. So God can give you similar dreams in terms of message, but different images. I remember when I was called to the ministry, I was weighing and going to seminary or going to USC to study pre-law. And I remember laying down because that next day I had to make a decision. I laid down that night and I saw, I dreamed, I saw nothing but scripture. I saw nothing but scripture in my mind, in my dream for the complete fulfilled dream, nothing but scripture. So I woke up and I said, ah, that's just a dream. I went back to sleep a second time. The same dream occurred, nothing but scripture. I woke up, I walked around the house. I said, maybe I didn't fully go wake up and go back to sleep. I walked around the house to make sure that I was up. I don't know about you, but have you ever, how many times have you gotten up out of a dream and then were able to go back into it? Doesn't happen very often, if at all. So I laid back down the third time and I said, God, if this dream happened the third time, I'm gonna know something. And bless Bejimini God, I laid down the third time and I saw nothing but scripture. 
And when I got up the next morning, I said, yes, Lord, I hear you and I will obey. The next day I went and enrolled in Biola University and I began my path to study biblical studies and to go to seminary at Talbot Graduate School of Theology. All of that was based on a dream. I was headed to USC to study pre-law. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God knew the stakes and said, I'm going to arrest you with a dream tonight and speak to you. The trajectory of my life changed based on that dream that night. And then God showed me the exact same thing happened to Samuel. In 1 Samuel 3, when he laid down and the king said, uh, you know, the God was calling, calling Samuel and he didn't even know. He's like, what, what is that? What is that? And he had to wake up three times. And the king had to tell him, he said, this is the Lord calling you, man. You, you don't even know it. This is the Lord calling you. And Samuel went on to serve God. What are your dreams telling you? Pay attention to your dreams. This is good, y'all. I, ho I hope you, you understand this. It may not be preachy fire and all that, but I'm, I'm giving you some weight. So notice if they're dream repetitions. I got to move on. Let's go to number six. Let's go to the next one. Personal familiarities. Personal familiarities. Are there things that you can recognize are there things that stand out to you? Are there things that you can identify? The dream depicts the things of familiarity to Joseph. Notice that Joseph had been working in the fields all that day and working under the skies. Indeed, dreams are said to derive from the activities in which the dreamer has been immersed during the day. A lot of times God will use the dream including what you have just experienced in that day. In the last 24 or 48 hours, you might see in your dream the things that you have meditated on or been involved with. So personal familiarities should be recognizable in the dream. All right, number seven. Number seven is the message or is the dream a message or is it symbolic? Is the dream a message or is it symbolic? So when what we understand is with number seven, this is going to be important. This is not a message dream. This is not a message dream. This is a symbolic dream. All right. And what do I mean by that? A message dream is a dream where God speaks directly to the individual in the dream with a clear verbatim message. God did not do that in this. He gave a message through symbols. So this is a message of symbolism. So the message did not a message that is a direct message, a message that is a direct message requires no interpretation because God will say, go down to the corner, two o'clock, turn left, and you'll find the book. That is a direct message 
and you don't need interpretation. So when you have a dream where God speaks, usually a direct message is usually God uses an oracle, meaning he uses a divine entity or a divine person to come into your dream and speak to you on his behalf. You tracking? I'm, 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 I'm going to give you some space here to kind of take it in. This is a symbolic dream. A symbolic dream needs to be interpreted. If you don't get a direct message from God, then you have to use the elements in the dream to interpret it. Are you? That's why I'm saying pay attention to the images. Who was speaking? Where were you? What time was it? Any time references. You're using everything there to interpret Oh man, some of y'all watch CSI, don't you? You watch all that. You accumulate the evidence and the facts and you come up with a conclusion. So listen, know the difference between message dreams that clearly give you a direct message, usually slated or given by someone in the dream and dreams that are filled with symbols for you to make sense of. You got to know the difference. To do so, you try to recall the most recent preponderance of your focus in the past. So look, if I, sometimes I have a dream and I say, oh, I know why I dreamed that. I know why I dreamed that because I was just there or I was focusing on that. And remember, I said, don't let the dream tell you something about the past. The dream is not coming to tell you something about what already happened. The dream is coming to tell you about what is ahead, but he is using what happened to give you a finger point. Ah, God, I hope you see what God is trying. This might be too deep. Shana, maybe the, uh, Joy, this, this might be just, uh, okay. I, I might have to do a session on this. Listen, you want to be able to use that experience to point to three. Let's look at number eight. Number eight. Number eight then says, it's a future reference. Is there anything that points to a future reference? Does it have a future reference? Dreams will point to the future. They will provide instruction. They will provide clarification. They will even provide optimism. Ooh, what am I saying? Ooh, ooh. A dream that comes from God ought to wet your whistle with optimism. Ah, God. The dreams of God ought not render you baseless and weak, uh, depressed and frail out of fear from the past. The dreams from God give you a perspective of hope. Don't you know that's why the scripture says, God says, I know the plans I have for you, dreams and plans to prosper you, things that are coming in the future. If God takes the time to give you a specific dream, he is not giving you a dream to go back to yesterday as if he made a mistake and has to go back and fix it. He is giving you dreams for what is yet ahead. So when you experience these dreams and if they are from God, you should have a future pull an optimistic perspective that something good is going to happen. Woo! 
this is juicy. I love it. Joseph got a dream at 17 years old that one day, bro, you're going to be the man. <laughs> and he had to live with that f from 17. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, it's a hard thing. It's not easy to get a message like that at 17 and live till you're 30 waiting for it to happen. There's all kinds of calamity. Gifted people struggle all the time with the reality of the call and the responsibility that's on their life. Don't you know why all these gifted people end up doing drugs and commit suicide and have so many problems? Because there is a struggle handling the gift. We are unique people. We are not normal. There is something on our lives that puts us in a different place. And sometimes the common sense things we cannot wrap our hands around. But stuff that is of genius nature in a realm that common people cannot get, it comes like easy pudding pie to us. So we struggle with knowing that there's a call on our life. Oh my God. And you know you can't do anything with it yet. How do you feel Joseph felt serving Potiphar in his house? And he said, I'm a servant. Or sitting up in jail, I'm a slave. But God told me that my own family is going to bow down to How do you live in struggle? How do you live in poverty? How do you live being overlooked and unwanted when in your heart you know God gifted you and has a call on your life to do something great? I'm going to tell you it's not easy. It is not easy. So be careful you ask for the dream at 17. Look here, get to me. Look, if it's going to happen at 31, get to me at 30. <laughs> so I only do one year. Of <laughs> All right, let me, never mind. Where did what I stop? Future reference. All right, let's go to nine. Number nine then is visuals and audibles. Pay attention to visuals and audibles. Is there anything that was put in your face to see? Is there anything videographic you can see? Is there anything audible that you can recall? Is there anything that you can recall that was said? Because those things are going to be the blueprint for your future development. A dream is visual and audible elements that require interpretation for meaningful communication. So what, listen to me, what you see, you should write this down. What you see and what you hear are the elements for meaningful interpretation. What you see and what you hear provides the meaningful communication which gives you the well you get the interpretation in order to communicate that truth to yourself and to others you tracking so you use what you saw and what you heard to interpret it to get a message use what you saw what you heard interpret that which gives you meaningful communication number 10 Align with God's will. The dreams will always align with God's will. Now, God is not giving you a dream that says you, <laughs> you're going to steal a billion dollars from a bank and that's how I'm going to bless you. And that, that ain't, that's not how going to, that's not how it's going to. God is not going to bless you by allowing you to sin. He is not going to give you messages of sin. He's not going to say, okay, well, I'm just going to overlook this while you get, no, no, no. The dream should always direct you into God's will, not out of God's will. So if you say, well, God told me in the dream to do something that's anti-biblical, 
that was not from God and you're confused. All right, you tracking? All right, let's go to the last slide. Number, uh, number 11. Number 11, what is the source? Consider the source. What is the source? Not all dreams are from divine sources, all right? Not all dreams are from divine sources and thereby need no interpretation and have no message. So if the dream is not from God, don't worry about interpreting it because it ain't got no message. You tracking? If it is not from God, you don't need to interpret it because it don't have a message. Let it go. It's just a dream. There are dreams that are not from God. They are regular dreams. And what do they look like? They look just like the dreams that God uses. So you have to know the source of the dream. And that's why I'm giving you all these things to take note of. That's number 11. Number 12. Number 12 is, is it oracular? Do you remember the, um, do you remember the matrix? And it talked about, the matrix talked about, are you the oracle? Are you the oracle? The oracle is a person who is designated, usually a priest, uh, an angel, um, a, di a divine, a person of divinity who speaks on behalf of God, all right? So if the dream is oracular, that means that somebody in it from a divine nature speaks and says something. Let me give an example. In Matthew 1.20, the Bible says, and the angel appeared saying, that's oracular. That means an oracle is in the dream in the person of an angel and they speak directly and say something. Are you tracking? So 13 is, is it non-oracular? Is it non-oracular? Meaning there is no oracle in it. So in the New Testament, in the New Testament, there's only one symbolic dream with an oracular message in Acts 16.9. All the other dreams are message dreams and message dreams need no interpretation. So most of the symbolic dreams are in the Old Testament. Most of the message dreams are in the New Testament. And why do you think that is? I, I, I have a theory, but it, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't read and dug deep on it, but I'm gonna tell you what I think. I think because at that time, the word was there. The word was on the earth. In other words, the direct message, the living word was present. And so everybody who was speaking at that time was speaking right out of the word that was present who had been on earth. And so there was direct messages. And at that time, there needed to be direct messages from heaven about instructions of what to do. So the non-oracular are messages that are like what we see today in the Old Testament that is symbolic, that it needs interpretation. Number 14, dreams and trials. Now, this is juicy, and this is our last one. We've only got 15 here. Dreams are often given, watch this now, dreams are often given because of the known trials ahead, 
<laughs> Listen, Joseph was given the dream at 17 because God knew that there were going to be significant trials for him coming. And if Joseph didn't have something to hope for, <laughs> Joseph may have given up or may have killed his brothers or may have responded in the wrong God. So sometimes God has to give you a glimpse into your future to say, let me show you something. 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 And he shows you all this and you're like, Ooh, that's nice. God He says, okay. Now let's put this to the side, but I, I got some trouble for you. And the only way you get through the trouble is because you first saw a glimpse of what God has for you. Are you tracking? If the dreamer has seen a favorable outcome to their future, they will with greater resilience and faithfulness endure the hardships of their present. And so all I'm trying to say as we wrap this up is that God will use dreams and visions and audibles to help you gain new perspectives about who you are and what he has called you to do so that every time you get in the word, every time you kneel to pray, every time you come to worship, it's God's way of revealing in some panoramic perspective something new about your future because he knows you do have hell at home to deal with. He knows that you've got to struggle on your job. He knows that you're in financial disarray. He knows that there are ailments in your body and it's giving you grief and depression, but God wants you to come close to him so that he can reveal future perspectives that will help you get through it. It's just like the dangling carrot in front of the horse. You dangle the carrot so the horse moves toward it. I'm trying to tell you, God says, come to worship and I'll put something before you. Kneel to me in prayer and I'll put something before you. If you just open the book during the week, I'll put something before you. But the reason many of us quit and the many, the reason many of us fall out and get depressed and overwhelmed and stressed is because we haven't been in the presence of God to get something dangling in front of us. And when I lay down at night to sleep, I ask God, I ask him to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, not necessarily a financial blessing, but maybe deposit a new glimpse of reason, a new glimpse of wisdom and instruction for me so that when I wake up in the morning, there's a zeal in my step and a thrust in my pep. Haven't you ever waited for Christmas morning and at night before Christmas Eve, you can hardly sleep? Why? Because of the anticipation of Christmas Day. And I want you to know that God has a Christmas Day for you every day if you lay down at night with God on your mind that if God can give you revelation week after week month after month every time you come to worship him in the house of God and he reveals something new about your future that's a walking carrot to keep you moving in the right direction and to keep you optimistic about your marriage about your job about your future about your health and about your income because the devil wants to discourage you every day and tell you it's never going to happen. The doctor said this, your 
friend said that, it don't look good. You don't have this and you don't have that. You've got to counter that with the dreams and the visions of God. If you can't get a dream on your own, read the Old Testament and use somebody else's dream just to see the kind of God and the things that he does. What did he do for Moses when he parted the Red Sea? Daniel in the lion's den. Peter walking on the water. Moses doing all these great things for God. You can do it as well if you only believe by faith, but you have to trust him and see that you are a viable being in the body of Christ to be used in service in the family business as a franchise. The only way you're going to get through what you're going through is if you get God to give you a glimpse through a dream and a vision of what your future is. The last one, 15, tell or don't tell. I know the army, the services have the don't tell policy. Don't ask, don't tell. Number 15, should Joseph have told them the dream? I mean, Joy, if he hadn't told them, he wouldn't have been hated, right? So what if I just keep it to myself? Tell or don't tell. People often say, don't tell people your dreams. But watch this. But when the dream involves them, it may be a good thing to tell them so that when it happens to them, they will believe the power of it more. Do you get what I'm saying? So you say, well, Joseph should have just been quiet. No, Joseph shouldn't. He should have told his brothers, cat dog it, I feel him now. He should have told Joseph, he should have told his brothers the truth just like he did. Because when Joseph and his brothers came walking down the dirt roads to Egypt, looking to their brother for food and drink. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody had to tell them, had to remind them of the dream. I bet you nobody had to remind them of the dream he told them at 17, they knew right away what that meant. And I'm telling you, when your dream involves people who hate you, <laughs> tell your haters what God told you. Because when God does what he says he will do in the dream, your haters need to believe it when they see it. Ah, oh, God. Because they don't believe it when they don't see it. So you got to tell them so when they see see it, they will, but cat dog it, I'm telling you, no, you don't have to tell everybody your dream, but I am saying, tell the dream to the people that the dream includes, if you know your position is going to impact those people, then let them know, God gonna do something great, here's what God showed me, here's what this, if you can't get away from these people, and who are those people you usually can't get away from, family, and close friends, yep. So tell your family, my God told me to tell you, my family, that he wants to do great things in me. And he knows that 
what happens to me is going to impact my family. It will impact you. If I get blessed, you get blessed. And just like Joseph had food and water because he was second in command, his brothers and his daddy had food and water. And I want you to tell, let the family hate. They can hate and say all kind of things about you because it's not happening yet. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage because when it does happen, guess who's going to be the first one coming to the concert? Who's going to be the first ones knocking on your door? Hey, hey, I'm, oh, that's my brother. That's my, that's my brother. Uh, that, that, that's, a, my, that's my daddy. That's my, your family is going to be the first ones trying to take dividends of what God did. And when they do, here's God's message to you. Don't be stingy. Don't be negative. Don't get revenge. What the devil meant for evil, turn it around for good. And you bless them. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Love them in the name of Jesus. Forgive them in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you the call on your life is not for you to get back at all the people who did you wrong. Your goal is to stand in the position that God has called you to stand in and to complete the job that he gave you to do. Uh, I'm out of time. I got to go. Let me give you this conclusion. I hope that you've got a blessing from this. In conclusion, most solid businesses of service, most solid businesses of service begin with visions and dreams of good things to make things better for others, right? People have, what do they say? Vision statements. Vision statements are statements of dreams that we've had. We put it on paper. Good businesses, strong businesses emerge out of dreams and out of visions. So when you talk about launching your family business, when you talk about launching your franchise, you can't do it without a dream or a vision. Are you understanding why this message is impactful now? Joseph dreamed not just of being a leader. He dreamed of being a leader because one day he would need that position in order to save his family. He wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to be big. He was like, I'm going to be big because somehow God's going to use this to help other people. So whatever God blesses you with, understand that God gave it to you to be a blessing to others. Prosperity in your life should always come with purpose. Don't just pray for money. Don't just pray for leadership power without knowing why you need it. I tell people all the time, stop asking God for generic, general blessings, generic money. Lord, just bless me. Bless you for what? When my kids would come to me and they say, daddy, can I have $5? I would say $5 for what? If you don't know why you need $5, I certainly ain't giving it to you. 
If you don't know why you need to be of a leadership capacity and you don't even know that you have the gifts of leadership, then why would I, why would I bestow that opportunity? In front? Let me explain something to you. Some of you, the only thing you are missing is opportunity. You are full of gifts. You are full of skills. You are full of knowing who you are. You are ready and ripe like a fruit on the vine. All you lack is an opportunity. Whew. I'm telling you. And when God opens that door, when he turns that thing on, you're more than ready. That's because God will not put you on a platform if you don't know why you're on the platform. So recount your dreams and visions. Dig deep in your hearts again and see if you can see and hear God again. But if you aren't active, if you aren't active in your present, you're not likely to see visions for your future. Remember, I said the dreams are built up upon active people are doing something in the 24 or 48 hours. If you aren't doing that but sitting on the couch, ain't no dream can be made out of you sitting on the couch. God gives dreams to people who are active. God gives dreams to people who are doing something because when you're doing something, he has fresh video material. When I create these messages and sometimes I edit messages and I go through, I have to pull fresh material. I have to go through video clips and I have to put them all together. If God don't have clips to pull from your life, he can't put a good picture together for you. Are dreams given to anyone? No. They're given to people of purpose. They're given to people of destiny. People who are going places. Places that point to a future. God has not given dreams and visions to people who are going backwards. Heavy dreamers could just be very active people. Active people dream because they have active minds and stuff going on. But not all dreams are divine. I'll repeat, not all dreams are divine. And nor are divine messages given to those who are living disconnected lives. God is not giving dreams to people who have no engagement with him. People who are living sinful and wayward lives. Please don't expect a visionary dream from God. So what does that mean for non-dream havers? I don't dream, PC. If you aren't having the dream, then you will be in someone's dream. You will be part of making someone's dream come to pass. In other words, you may not be the star in the show, but you are certainly supporting staff. You are in the dream. You are in the kingdom. God does want to use you. The dream maker never enacts the reality of his or her dream, or dream. Joseph was not responsible for making his dream come to pass. He was responsible for seeing it and telling it. It is God's job to bring it to fruition. And do you know how many people played a role in Joseph's dream coming true? His nasty brothers, his mean old Andre brothers, Potiphar, who put him in jail, Potiphar's wife who lied on him, the chef and the baker who were in jail with him, the Pharaoh who had the dream, all the people in prison, all of those people didn't have a dream, but they were in Joseph's. Are you getting what I'm saying? The dream has many moving parts. 
of which many of us have been part of for others, as well as having our own. I've had my own dreams, but I've also been a part of other people's dreams. If God hasn't given, if God has given you a dream or has you part of someone else's dream, then apply these principles I gave you today. God is up to something in our lives and we all could stand to do better. We all could stand to dream bigger. These dreams help us further along this journey with a greater sense of accuracy. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.